Hello and welcome to the Income Autopilot Podcast. This is the show that teaches you to stop working for money and enjoy life while your money works for you. I'm your host, JT. We're going to do this episode live on Instagram. What we're going to talk about tonight is why I think that you should stop working um, and then taking your earned income and paying your bills. All right. So stop working. Uh, I don't care if it's your nine to five job. I don't care if it is um, your business, whatever it is. Um, and I'm going to let a couple people come into the room so that way you can ask your questions. If you ever want to tune in live, you can follow me on um, Instagram at JT Hustles. That's J-T-H-U-S-T-L-E-Z. Um, or you guys can tap in um, to my Patreon as well that I'll have linked in the show notes for tonight. So um, I told you guys that we're going to go uh, strong and knock out a hundred episodes in a hundred days or less now. So, um, this is really something that I didn't invent. So, um, I want to be transparent about that. Also, as you guys come into the room, uh, I tell people all the time, come into the room and be selfish. What I mean by that is that ask questions related to tonight's subject matter, of course, that actually benefits you. So what we're talking about is stop paying your bills with your earned income. And like I was saying, this is not something that I um, invented, right? I didn't invent this at all. This is something that I learned. And when I first heard about it, it sounded crazy. I thought, All income that you made, you worked hard and earned it, so it was earned income, all right? Um, But um, this is a philosophy that I got from Robert Kiyosaki. I think that he is most popular for the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. However, there are many books in his series that I've read that will provide a tremendous amount of value for you. So uh, he broke down how highly successful people spend their money compared to people that are not highly successful. So Highly successful people, the way that he explained it, and then I'll break it down to how it applies to my life and your life as well, is that highly successful people will go work hard for money, all right? And then they'll take that money and they'll invest that money in an asset, and then that asset will produce a residual income that'll pay all of their bills, all right? He later goes on to explain that people that are not as financially successful, the mistake that they make is that they will work hard for their money, all right? And then once they work hard for their money, then they'll pay all of their bills. Then after they pay all of their bills, they see what's left over and then say, okay, I don't have enough money to invest. Um, I don't have enough money to live the kind of life that I want to live. Now, um, let's tackle some of the big uh, problems that people have with this. And first and foremost being it's easier said than done. And I tell people all the time that literally breathing is easier said than done if you actually understand what all it took uh, for, for you to be able to have a respiratory system that works, right? So let's stop using the easier said than done logic uh, as a crutch as to why we're not doing whatever it is we know we should be doing to better ourselves, right? Everything is easier said than done, but it's still necessary to do, right? Um, I see uh, one person said that will require people to understand spending habits, right? So absolutely. Um, of course, studies say that most people do not have a budget. I want to encourage those of you that listen to this podcast or those of you 
um, that stay tapped in uh, with content like this for financial literacy to to get a budget, stick to a budget. Um, and a budget doesn't always have to be as rigid as some people might make it seem. So I have apps on my phone that track my daily spending, um, tracks my weekly and monthly spending. It does all of that. And it puts it in the little boxes. So at a glance, I can see, okay, you spent this money on fuel, this money on entertainment, this money on clothes, whatever I buy during that pay period, it will show me where my money is going and it will give me notifications on my phone um, all the time, right? So I use the Rocket Money app. The Rocket Money app does that for me. It'll do that for you as well. Of course, it's not a sponsored podcast episode by them or anything, um, but that's just a real app that I use, right? So I, I really want you all to understand that when I first heard this, it sounded insane. How in the world can I work hard and then not use my hard-earned income to pay my bills because I thought the whole reason why you work hard is so you have money to take care of your financial responsibilities. Now, um, this is when it hit home for me. I started my very first business, as some of you all may know, with only $15,000. And I know some people might hear that and say, only $15,000, JT, is an astronomical amount of money. Um, however, if you make $7.25 an hour, um, which is the federal minimum wage as of this conversation. And I know the vast majority of people make more than that. But let's say worst case scenario, you make the bare minimum uh, $7.25 an hour. That's roughly $15,000 a year. All right. So it's not that you can't make fifteen grand a year. It's that most people can't save fifteen grand a year because their money is being deployed uh, at bills and all of their other financial responsibilities. So um, that's the first thing that we all have to understand is that we do make enough money because that fifteen grand was more than enough for me to start my very first independent courier service. Uh, quick synopsis of that. First contract I got was only for $500 a week. I scaled that business and within 30 days, uh, I was making two to $3,000 a week net profit. All right. And I thought like, oh man, that's when I knew I was born to be an entrepreneur. I was 24 years old at the time. Currently I'm 32, but I was 24 at the time. And I was like, man, I should have been doing this my entire life. What job could I work at if they hired me, uh, at $500 a week. And within a month, that same job gave me two to $3,000 a week, right? I couldn't think of any, maybe you guys know of some. Um, however, um, that's when I really got bit by the bug. However, uh, that story has ups and downs just like every other business. So I, I want you guys to understand that most people make enough money, right? So that, that $7.25 an hour would equal out to roughly $15,000 a year. However, most people wouldn't be able to keep that $15,000 a year uh, because they'll be spending it on the rent, on the mortgage, on the light bill, on whatever it is that they would have to spend. So understanding that was super liberating and it made a lot of sense uh, for me. Now, I want you guys to understand that there's two ways that you can stop paying your bills with your earned income and still be able to take care of all of your financial responsibilities, right? I refer to these two ways as either the fast way or the free way. You have to decide which way works best for you, all right? And I, I want to be honest with you. The fast way is not free. 
and the freeway is not fast. All right, appreciate the badge, Hugh Cooper 10. I tell people all the time, right, if you hear any background noise, that's my ice maker right there um, that, that's going off right now. I tell people all the time, you don't got to be perfect to be profitable, but you do have to get started. So um, back to the point, the two ways that you can stop paying your bills with your earned income and still be able to take care of all of your financial responsibilities, uh, you can either do it the freeway or the fast way. The freeway, um, and there's actually two ways to do it for free. Leveraging intellectual property and for a note for anybody out there that never heard me explain intellectual property Intellectual property is the manifestation of your ideas into tangible things that can make you money All right now can that be a business? Yes. Does that have to be a business? No, I'll give you guys uh, an example, right? So Instagram pays me every single month for making Instagram posts. All right um, so does YouTube, right? Um, I recently uh, employed somebody, uh, well, contracted with somebody. They're not going to be working with me full time, but I, I recently contracted with a gentleman that's also going to help me uh, set up my Facebook. I've been off of Facebook for years, uh, but doing the same thing, right? So this is, is not necessarily... Um, a, a business right now. I have a media company. So in my case, it is a business, but I got friends of mine that I taught this same blueprint to, and they don't consider themselves to be a business yet. They get paid every single month, right? Uh, one of my good friends gets paid over $1,200 a month. And I know that while $1,200 a month is not life changing money for the vast majority of people, that's enough money to cover uh, their mortgage, right? Where they're located. Right. And yeah, we in the Carolinas. So I know some people other places, your mortgage might be triple that plus some, but an extra $1,200 a month for whatever it's worth. If you're going to be on Instagram anyway, if Instagram will cut you $1,200 or more per month, who wouldn't take advantage of that, right? So, uh, I, and that's just one example of somebody that I could think of off top. So shout out to my brother Trav uh, that was able to do that, right? So the freeways are intellectual property. That is the manifestation of your ideas and the tangible things. Can you Take a business idea and start that business? Yes. Does it have to be a business? No. Literally, the internet has made it so we can take our ideas and we can uh, properly package them and license them to businesses. We can share ideas via social media and get paid. We can share ideas via our website and get and get paid, right? So there's so many ways to make money now, um, which is why I always tell people that we're not going to have the same excuse that our ancestors had, right? So our ancestors didn't have the internet at the same scale as we had it today. So they couldn't say that, oh, I could sit at home and if I knew the right things to do, I can make 30, 40, 50, $100,000. Some people making millions of dollars a year without ever having to leave their house, right? So it wasn't even a matter of do they know what to do. It was a matter of that's not even an option to do, all right? But us today, we have it a little bit different, and people do it consistently, and it's not luck. It's uh, the hustle is sold separately. I tell people all the time, I could tell you to play on how you can make a million dollars, but I can't make you get out of bed and do the work, right? So uh, building my media company is worth millions, and we make fantastic money year after year after year. However, I could tell you everything uh, that you need to do, right, down to the the what mixer am I using, what mics, my, my storytelling uh, approach, right? How do I monetize different things? But if you don't do it, 
nothing is going to happen. All right. Um, the second freeway, right? Because I know not everybody is into intellectual property, whether it's the manifestation of ideas and selling those ideas or the manifestation of that business idea into a tangible business. Um, real estate, right? So shout out to my brother Sawan at This Is Me Taking Action is his handle on all social media. It's also his uh website as well. Um, this is me taking action.com. And we make a ton of videos together and social media content where he elaborates in depth on this is how I acquired this property for free and this is how I resold it for a profit. And while some people are saying, hey, that's cap or hey, that's impossible to do, um, I personally, the very first house that I bought cash, uh, it was only $11,000, right? So it wasn't an astronomical uh, amount of money. Um, but I bought it from a wholesaler. Guess how much money the wholesaler paid for that house? Zero dollars. And that's not... Oh, um, she got it under contract, and once I paid her eleven grand, she paid them four grand. So she had to pay them money, but not right away. No, she got it for zero dollars. She sold it to me for eleven thousand dollars. She kept eleven thousand dollars, right? Well, minus um, of course, attorneys' fees and things like that that help us facilitate the transaction, right? But um, other than those small fees that had to come out uh, with the attorneys and everything, the uh, we had to file it with the county, all of that good stuff that you guys know about that that have ever bought some real estate. But other than the fees, all of that money came to her. So um, while some people might say, "Oh, that's impossible," well, I've been on both sides of it, right? I've been the person that spent money on a free house. All right. And the question is, well, JT, why didn't you just go around her? One, I didn't know the opportunity existed. So I'm paying for convenience. All right. And you'll be able to do the same in your business as well. Right. So she was able to find these people via public record, contact them and help facilitate uh, their their problem with her solution. Right. So I wasn't mad about the deal. I got a three bedroom, two bath home for eleven thousand dollars. Granted, it needed a full renovation. I don't know too many other places I could have went and got that, right? If you know a place, let me know, right? Well, I might invest there as well. Uh, the, the people that got rid of the house, they had a house problem, all right? A lot of people might look at their house as an asset and say, I would never give my house away. And that's based off of your current situation. So if your current situation, your current mindset, you're saying that I would never, ever give my house away. Amen. That's cool. That's your prerogative. But to some people... That may not be uh, thinking the same way that you think about houses. They have a house problem. Um, in the particular case for the property that I bought, the house problem was this: is that um, the parents were 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 now no longer uh, in the picture, so the kids inherited the property. Um, the son didn't have itself together at all. Might have had a little drug problem. You know, it, it is what it is. Keep them in prayer, right? The daughter. She was a stay-at-home wife slash mom, right? Um, and what the city started to do in this particular area was um, they labeled the, the property to be a breeding and harboring ground for rodents, fleas, and snakes, all right? Um, and they started finding the property $100 a day. Now, to some of you all, $100 a day is no money at all. But when you are somebody that has no money at all, $100 a day drastically can change your life, all right? Drastically change your life, all right? So, again, like $100 a day may not be any money to you based off of your current situation, 
But if you were broke, if you had no money coming in, and I said, you know what, I'm going to start finding you $100 a day. And once we get to $2,000, I am going to summon you to court so that you can go ahead and settle up this debt. If you no-show court, I'll issue a bench warrant for your arrest. If you do come to court and don't have my money, we're going to lock you up. Um, so you're, you're between a rock and a hard place. So she was able to find these people on the code enforcement list that didn't have the money to handle this situation. And she had the financial literacy in order to take advantage of the situation. So the solution was this. In the particular county that we were in, when the property changes names, they reset it for 30 days. What I mean by this is this. Like, let's say that the property, they went 18 days, $1,800 for easy math. If the property goes out of their name to my name, the county will say, you don't have to pay us $1,800. You have 30 days to fix the issues that are wrong with the house. If you fix the issues, you don't have to pay anything. If you don't fix the issues, we will start finding you not the $1,800, but $100 a day until we get to $2,000. And then you'll be in the same uh, predicament as them, right? So um, what, what they wanted done was they wanted the grass cut and then a tree had failed on the roof. And, and they were labeled it a nice store. So either you had to put that blue tarp on it to cover it up, you had to patch it, or you had to replace the roof. It actually needed replacing. Um, so what I did is when I bought the house for 11000 uh, I, I put a brand new roof on it. That was the first thing that I did. I got a little electric mower, cut the grass myself. That was the end of the situation. All right. Oh, well, I actually did the front yard, but the backyard looked like Jumanji. So I got a landscaper and, uh, and he cut the backyard. Right. And that was the end of it. Now, what that man or woman could have did, the brother and sister could have did, but they didn't know was that they could have created an LLC or a trust for their family. They could have changed it out of their name into the trust's name. They could have had somebody, hey, will you go cut the grass? Find somebody, hey, maybe we don't have the money for a new roof, but can we find a company that will tarp the roof? That way it just doesn't look like an eyesore, and that will at least buy us some time to replace the roof or sell the house as is to whoever would buy a house as is in this condition, right? Um, and it, it was still stuff in the house. They had like an old Sega Genesis, old Michael Jordan baseball cards. Um, if you guys been following me for an extensive amount of time on YouTube, you guys saw when we rented the dumpster, cleaned it out. Um, anything of valuable that that of value, excuse me, that I think I could resell. Of course, we resold everything else. We threw it in the dumpster, um, and I ended up selling that house later on for like fifty. Fifty-seven thousand, but after all the attorney fees and everything, I walked away with fifty-three thousand. Right, so eleven thousand in it. The roof cost me eight. Um, the whole point that I'm making here is I wanted you guys to to really uh, see the picture that you can create assets for yourself. So the wholesaler, being the the woman in this case, um, let's say she worked as a school teacher, which she was a former school teacher, but she could have still. As a school teacher, done this. She could have made all her money as a school teacher, kept that money, right? It's free public information to find this list. 
even if she didn't want to spend her time because maybe after working all day, um, she di she didn't want to do it, right? You can get VAs for a little or nothing. They could have scrubbed the list. They could have contacted these people based off of the script that you provide. But the opportunity we have today, you can go to ChatGPT, which is by OpenAI, and get a free script that's probably written better than what you think you would ask anyway. All right. And it's free now until Microsoft finishes whatever they're going to do with it. Then it'll probably cost money. But at the very second that, that we're having this conversation, it's free to do. And you can get this information. And she could have automated that completely. And boom, even if she did one of these deals a month. All right. Even if she did one $11,000 deal per month. All right. She could now keep her entire school teacher check and she could save it. She can invest it. She could travel with it. She could do whatever it is that she want to do. Now, the issue is, is that most people will hear stories like this and say that this lady is special. This lady is an anomaly. Most people don't do that. And that's what hurts the vast majority of people. Now, one, if you don't know the proper way to do any business, you're not going to have the results. Right. So wholesaling is a numbers game. It is, and you also need to target the right people, right? So I buy all of my investment property for my daughter. So it's going into a trust fund, right? So I naturally will show up on the list as an absentee owner, right? So anytime they see such and such a business or a trust owns a property, it's public information. Um, investors will send me direct mail asking me, will I be willing to sell them my houses, right? Uh, by the grace of God, I personally am not in a financial predicament or do I have the desire to sell any of the property that's in my portfolio, right? So if you only targeted me, right, because you didn't know it was JT and I'm investing in property for my legacy, you just saw one random name on the public record list and you said, okay, I'm going to find that address. I would love to own that house. I'm going to send them a, a, a direct mail campaign and you never hear anything back. And you say, this is a scam. I'm never going to do it. Right. Then of course you're not going to have success with it. Right. The right way to do it is you target all of the people that are on this list. Right. Because these people potentially may have the motivation. Right. So only talk to motivated sellers and it's a consistency game because the same way you would feel, right? Lots of times people forget that they're, they're marketing to people. So how would you feel if a total stranger said, Hey, I understand that you own a house that you don't live in. Do you want to sell it to me? I'm not a realtor, right? So your approach has to be proper or they're going to react the same way you would react. You would think, Hey, this person's not legit. This person is not a professional. This person may just be trying to take advantage of me, right? So you, you got to do business the right way if you want to have the results that people at the highest level do it, right? So uh, going back to it though, the two ways to stop paying your bills with your earned income. That way you can keep all of that money and still pay all your financial responsibilities. Again, it's the free way. It's the fast way. What are the two free ways? IP, creative real estate investing, right? So this lady didn't have, this wholesaler I'm referring to, didn't have any money tied up in the deal, right? It was all paper. It was all phone calls, right? Hey, would you sell it? Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to send you this this uh, document design, right? Um, hey, would you buy it? Yes. Hey, I'm going to send you this document design. Hey, we're going to do closing on this day. Show up with the money and you'll get the keys, right? Simple as that, all right? Um, okay, now, now let's talk about the fast way, right? Because I told you guys early on that there's a free way and there's a fast way, all right? 
There's a free way and there's a fast way. Now, the free way not fast and the fast way not free. All right. So let's talk about the fast way for those of you who feel like, hey, man, I really want to get to this as fast as possible. Um, yes, you can invest in real estate the paid way. And it doesn't always have to mean that you have hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars of perfect credit. I tell you guys all the time that um, I have a book out and many of you guys know that have invested in it. Also post the testimonies that we got from hundreds of people Um as of this point, and the book only been out a few short months, um, you can buy real estate for as cheap as $1,000 or less from the tax sale auction, or you can get paid just for trying, right? So you can get uh, real estate, right? You can get real estate from the tax sale auction and whatever market you're willing to invest in. Not every market is going to have it that cheap, right? But some people go there with the whole idea of, I'm going to just run to get paid just for try and play. In a nutshell, what that means, and, and if you guys want uh, you know, more in-depth information on it, you can Google it, you can buy the book, you can do whatever it is that you want to do to go deeper. Um, there is something that is called an overage. Some counties call it a surplus. Some counties call it an excess. Let's say, for example, um, the property that I'm sitting in now, right? So I am now reporting live from the dining room table inside of my media house. This is where we do YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're going to film our short film here and we do a whole lot of other stuff, right? Like this podcast, all from this same house. Um, the property taxes here, probably only roughly fifteen to $1,700 a year. Um, let's say that I couldn't pay them. Well, in this particular county, they give you two years to pay them and then they send your property to auction. So for easy math, let's say I didn't have the $1,500 two years in a row. Uh, I wasn't willing to get on the payment plan that they offer. Now I'm back $3,000 in back taxes. They send my property up to auction, right? Um, let's say you really want the house. You say, hey, man, uh, the MLS says that this house is worth, uh, I paid the cash price, uh, which was $150,000 cash to have this house move in ready, three bedroom, two bath house, and we just use it as a studio, right? So you say, okay, the house is worth 150 grand. Comps in the area are showing that houses near there are actually going up in value for whatever strange reason. Um, the starting bid is only $3,000. I'm going to try and get that house, right? Let's say that somebody else also wants to get the house. So you're not just going to get it for the three grand. You and that other person, y'all get the bidding on it. It goes all the way up to $10,000. And then the other person backs out and says, you know what? Hey, you can have it. Well, the difference between what the county was owed, the $3,000 in back taxes that I owed but never paid, and the $7,000 above what I was owed uh, is I'm entitled to as the previous owner. Most counties uh, or most people that are in this situation don't know, and most counties are only obligated to send you a, 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 met, a letter letting you know this to their last known address on file. What's typically the last known address on file? The property that they, they auctioned off. So how would you feel if you recently bought a house and then you got some mail addressed to somebody you never heard of before? The vast majority of us would just throw that letter away. Okay, that might have been the last people, the last people that lived here. Um, I'm not them, so I don't really care what's going on. All right, even if you opened up the letter and saw that somebody you don't know was entitled to X amount of money, what would the vast majority of us do? Oh, that's nice. Throw it away, right? I don't know that person. Uh, it's not my job to go find that person and let them know they're entitled to this. So the vast majority of people will just continue to go on with their life and say, well, hey, it is what it is, right? They don't have nothing to do with me. That's not my money. It's not my problem, right? Let them figure it out. So 
there there is a business where people go out and they let these men and women know, hey, listen, even though you lost your house due to taxes, due to the bankruptcy auction or whatever it is, right? Because uh, there, there's more than one way that you can get in this situation. They'll go in and they'll say, hey, listen, even though you lost your house, what you may not know is that you are entitled to some surplus funds, excess funds, whatever term they call it in your county. Because, of course, every county want to sound sexy and use their own term, but it all means the same thing, right? It is the difference between what the county was legally owed and what somebody was willing to pay in order to tap in, right, in order to tap in and get ownership of that property via tax deed. Uh, and if you decide to go this way, there's a redemption period. And uh, I outline all of that in my book. So if you just click the link in my bio, and for those listeners, I'll make sure that it's linked in the show notes as well. I don't want to go too far off track. That's why I'm trying to tell you, if you want to know more, uh, it's out there. Audio book, uh, if you all out there want to drive and listen to it, uh, ebook for those of you out there that prefer the ebook version of it um, as well. But you go out. And there's two ways that these men and women make money. They'll either say, hey, listen, you're entitled to $7,000, JT. Um, I'm, I'm a recovery company, and I'm just letting you know. Now, could you personally go out and get it without my help? Absolutely. And if you want to do so, that's fine. Um, these are the documents you need to fill out um, for $99. You can have them. Or you could say, hey, screw that. I'll go figure it out on my own. Okay, cool. This is the thing, though. In most counties, if you don't claim the funds, they get to use the funds. They'll put it towards office buildings and uh, police cars and uniforms and whatever else. Um, why is that relevant, JT? When you go and try to claim the funds, there is no incentive for anybody at the county office to help you. Why? Because if you don't get the money, they get to keep the money. All right. Now, now it's not like personally the secretary gets it in her check, but it does better her her work experience. Right. So she might get a nicer office chair. She might get a whatever, whatever. Right. And it's perfectly legal for the county to do this. Right. So um, it, it is actually um, whether you agree with it or not in their best favor to say, OK, what is by law what we have to do? Well, we got to send them a letter. Okay, send them a letter to the house that they don't own no more. And if they come looking, we'll say, hey, you can you can go around. And if you stumble across it and get it, cool. Am I going to help you get it? Uh, that's not really my job, right? And, and as messed up as it sounds, we know that we live in a world today where one of the hardest things to do is get somebody, that's, that's especially if somebody's paid by the hour, to do something that's not their job, to go above and beyond what it is that they pay for, right? In certain environments, right? And not a knock to you if you work at the DMV, but some DMVs I've been, I've been in, it's hard enough just to get the people to do what they are paid for. So they're definitely not trying to help you do something that is not part of their normal uh, uh, day, right? So um, there is a whole business in just doing that, right? So what's the fast way, going back to two ways to stop paying your, your bills with your earned income? Um, if you want to do it the fast way, um, then you can invest, right? You can invest in paid real estate. Uh, you can invest in stock options like Chris teaches. You can invest in that business idea. If you don't have a business idea, uh, you can invest and partner with some of the biggest retailers in the world. I tell people all the time that while I made great money as an independent courier, I made even more money off of eBay and Macari. And Amazon is even bigger than them. Shout out to my brother Travis. Travis makes great money each and every year off of Amazon. All right? 
Now, now this is the pushback because in, in tonight's episode, I, I don't just want to present information to try to hype you up. You guys know, or or if you are new to this, I want to inform you that I want to be the social media account that you come to, you ask questions, and then you go execute, right? You can go get hyped watching anybody. I want you to really go make money. All right. And you don't have to go make money because you're beholding to come back to me and tell me, hey, JT, I did it and made money. Right. I really feel like it's part of my purpose. Right. Part of my purpose. I believe that people help people. Right. God works through people. So if you execute on something and never talk to me, we never meet. You are under no obligation to do so. Um, all, all I want to say is a hey, build personal wealth, create generational wealth for you and yours that, that come after you. Right. So. Um, going back to the point, right? Um, what if you don't have time? What if you say, hey, JT, the freeway sounds amazing, but you already said that the freeway not fast. So I want to do it the fast way, but I don't got no time. All right. Well, any business can be automated via software and or hiring people, right? Some businesses require both. Depending on the nature of your business, you might can do one or the other, right? So it just depends on what you want to do. So you can automate any business via hiring somebody, right, or hiring some software to do something so that way you don't have to do it. All right, let me give you guys a real-life example of this, and then we'll talk about how you guys can come in person, and I'm going to put you in a room at my, if you see the link, the Foundation of Wealth Conference, um, and that's really the biggest goal of the conference, in my opinion, is I want you to leave there with the understanding of, of knowing, hey, listen, I no longer have to live off of my job income. I could save all of that 30, 50, 100, 200,000, whatever you make per year, right? Even if you don't make that much, right? Like I said, if you make the 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 minimum, right? The federal minimum, 725, right? Imagine how good you can live your life if you had an extra 15 grand a year, you can use that to invest, you can use that to travel, you can use that to do whatever it is, right? It's your money, you work hard for it. I don't really care what you do with it, right? Um but uh, just imagine if you had the option, right? Because I feel like that anybody out there can build wealth. Um, it's just a matter of we're not taught this, right? We're not taught it in school. Um, and, and maybe our teachers didn't even know how to build wealth, right? Notoriously, uh, a lot of teachers say that they don't make a whole lot of money anyway. And most of them don't have like a large amount of wealth accumulated. It's not a bad thing, right? Teachers serve a purpose and they're valuable. Um, but, but the point that I'm making here is that I can't give you what I don't have. Right. I can't give you what I don't have. Right. For example, I don't know how to drive a manual transmission car, so I can't teach none of y'all how to drive stick. Right. I could drive an automatic all around the world, but I can't drive a, a manual transmission. So no matter how much you try to get that out of me, I can't give it to you because I don't have it. All right. So so understanding that. All right. So um, you can automate whatever business you have through software or through hiring people, but you have to go about it the right way, right? I see another question here. Um, I'm dying to know what and how you got the courier service up and running, and thank you, uh, JT, for all the value provided for me and others, right? So um, I went to craigslist.com. I clicked on the job options. I typed in cargo van. I looked and seen what options were available on Craigslist. Um, I didn't have a van at the time, but I contacted all of those companies after I read the listings uh, because they might say that the pay range is between 
uh, I don't know, $900 and $1,400 a week, right? If you're like me, I want to get as close to the $1,400 a week or more as possible. So, and they'll say that we're taking sedans, we're taking cargo vans, we're taking sprinter trucks, we're taking box trucks. Just contact us. Let us know what you have. So I will contact them and I'll say, hey, listen, hey, my name is JT. Um, I'm, I'm a small fleet owner. I have everything. I got a sedan. I got a, I got a sprinter. I got a cargo van. I got a box truck. I see you listening on Craigslist. Say you pay between $900 and $1,400. What do you currently have available? Right? Because maybe somebody yesterday called them with a sprinter van and they already took the $1,400 route, but they're not going to update the Craigslist post, right? And, and this works also on Indeed. You can go to job boards. Um, can you work with brokers? Yes, but I think that for most independent couriers, it doesn't really make sense. Now, once you get into expediting and, and things of that nature, then maybe it'll make more sense. But for independent couriers specifically, usually a broker or a dispatcher don't really make sense, right? Um, it usually makes more sense for you to partner with a 3PL. 3PL stands for a third-party logistics company. These companies are usually middleman companies. Let's say, for example, a big pharmaceutical company exists, but they only want to focus on making the best cancer treatment medicine they can or the best, you know, whatever it is that they make. All right. Now they need to get it from their manufacturer into the hospitals, right? Or it might be some other kind of medicines. They need to get it inside of Walgreens pharmacies, Walmart pharmacies. These are all places that I deliver to, right? So these big major companies, believe it or not, they are actually doing the kind of stuff that me and other people are always preaching that you should want to do. And they're operating in their zone of genius. What does that mean, JT? That means that the big manufacturer does not want to own semi-trucks and be responsible for making sure that their product gets from where they manufactured it to the end consumer. What they would much rather do is contract with the transportation company and let the transportation company for a fee worry about the logistics and the individuals that transport the freight from point A to point B. So enter in the 3PL. The 3PL goes out and say, hey, listen, I know that y'all want to spend more time and more resources on just being the best pharmaceutical company. Um, and when it comes to mail, there is more mail in the United States than there are UPS workers, USPS workers, FedEx workers, DHL workers, you name it, right? So there's always mail moving around. So these three PLs go out and say, hey, listen, you guys have more mail than you can handle. You guys are you guys want to focus in your zone of genius. What we provide as a service is the convenience of taking on all of the responsibilities of making sure that your product gets from point A to the end consumer. Usually the 3PL is just a warehouse and they have a system in place so that that way they can manage the warehouse team. But the 3PL also doesn't want the responsibility of maintaining X amount of cargo vans, sprinter vans, box trucks, depending on how big the contract is, this might call for them to have 100 plus vehicles. Well, they don't want to pay insurance on 100 plus vehicles. So what do they do? They put out solicitations and say, hey, independent couriers, or if you own your own vehicle, guess what? We will pay you to come pick up here and drop off there. 
right? So just to use easy math, let's say that the big manufacturing company um, will give the transportation company um, a million dollars, right? And then out of that million dollars, they'll split it up and say, well, okay, we got to turn a profit. So we're going to keep uh, 400,000 or 450,000 for ourselves, right? Now, if you ever ask the 3PLs, they'll say that, oh, over half the money goes to driver's pay. Now, is that true? They'll never show you all the numbers, so you either take their word for it, right? So I'm just going to tell you what they're going to tell you. They're going to say, well, okay, out of that million dollars, we're only going to keep $450,000 for ourselves, and even after that, we might even use some of that in operations. So we really not putting that much money in our pocket. The rest of this money, though, this other $55,000, we're going to put that out there and split it up amongst all of these routes and give it to these drivers, right? So if it's 50, if it's 550,000, excuse me, right? I said 55,000. But if it's 550,000 left of that million dollars, right? They'll say, well, okay, it's this many routes and they'll pay from this to this depending on how big the route is, right? Um, so so in a nutshell, and again, not to get too far off track, um, that's how it works, right? And, and of course, my job is to simplify it so that way you can understand it. Um, I, I pride myself in being uh, the guy that can make it so easy that a caveman can do it, right? So so moving on, though, my, my goal with tonight's podcast episode slash Instagram live stream, for those of you that are viewing it live, is I really want you to understand that to way to, the way to becoming better is, is really by changing your spending habits. So taking your earned income, if you want to do it the fast way, taking your earned income, invest your earned income into an asset, that asset pays you money, you pay your bills with the money that the asset creates, right? If you don't want to take your money and put it into creating an asset, you take your time, you do it the free way, you're going to use sweat equity since you don't have any financial resources, or maybe you just don't want to exercise your financial resources, and you deploy those into creating an asset for yourself as well, right? And this is something that I know that it sounds crazy, but once I said, you know what, I'm going to just try it, that's been life-changing, right? Even now, if there's if there's another major purchase that I want to make, all right? So, um, give you guys a, a, a straight-up example. So, um, I want to do my first short film, and in doing research, um, I know the kind of people that I want to get, right? I'm trying to get some Grammy-nominated people in my short film because I feel like that's going to help the short film do well. Well, these people are giving me prices that are like $40,000 for a two-day shoot, right? So instead of me saying, well, okay, go in my bank account, pull out $40,000 and pay them for two days, right? Because they are Grammy-nominated or whatever, whatever, right? I say, okay, what asset can I create that can yield me an extra $40,000, right? Or for the entire movie, maybe close to $100,000. What can I produce that can make me $100,000 and then I use that $100,000 to pay for this movie? The dope thing about this approach is that once I create the asset, there is no rule saying that once it creates me $100,000, it has to die, right? That asset can live on for forever in perpetuity and scale up to be whatever it is that I want it to be, all right? So even though I created it for this purpose, once I got it up and running and making me money, I can leave that right now. Like I tell you guys, 
guys all the time. I'm not anti-job, but I'm pro-happiness. But that puts you in a place where now you can say, you know what? I'm working this job because I like working this job. Or I'm running this business because I like running this business, right? Um, I tell people all the time that you should always have more than one stream of income, right? And I don't care if, if that's a, a business that you work in or if that's just a single job, right? Um, the, the misconception is that a lot of people think that what I'm telling them is that you got to spend more time making money, and that's not what I mean at all, all right? I, I want to encourage everybody to work smarter, not harder, and get to a space where you don't pay your bills with your earned income. You worked hard for that money, right? Time is your most valuable resource, not money. Let's first and foremost address that. But the time that you have tied to making this money, if you get paid hourly, if you get paid salary, if you get paid on commission, whatever time it took you to make X amount of dollars, whatever that number is for you, you'll never get that time back. Now, can you lose that money and make that money back? You know, given the grace of God, you live long enough, absolutely, right? More opportunities will come to make more money, right, or small amounts of money over time, and you'll get back there. But because you'll never get that time back, what if you take that money and create an asset if you want it fast? Or if you say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice some of my time now so that way I can create an asset that will buy me back my time in the future. All right. So having these assets that work for you in perpetuity over and over and over again. All right. So this media house is not my primary residence. I have an Airbnb, which is also not my primary residence. Right. Uh, I have some land that I invested in that um, hopefully we could strike up a deal and I could buy the surrounding area as well. And then that'll be a trailer park. Right. So at any given point in time, if, if I said, you know what? I don't want to do social media anymore. I'm tired of telling people what they need to do and nobody's listening, right? Which I don't feel that way. But let's just say figuratively I wanted to do that, right? I could stop uploading on the internet and I could just lease out all of my real estate. And if I never buy another piece of property today, um, I could immediately start collecting rent checks that will total $6,500 a month. Of course, each and every year I can do increases. So uh, that number will incrementally grow each and every year. But these are assets that if I wanted to, I could say, you know what? I'm going to retire at the age of 32 years old. I think that I'll be able to figure out how to live an okay life with $6,500 a month and no job, right? I'll figure it out some way or another. And these assets, right? As long as people need to live in homes and these are section eight prices, all right, could I try to, you know, do creative things to charge more, right? Um, whether it's short-term rentals or whatever else I want to do with it, absolutely. But that would be the simplest way that I could take advantage of these opportunities. And it's not reserved just for me, all right? Anybody can do it. Um, the, the residual passive income that I get off of Amazon, right? So I have over 30 books published. Uh, 28 of which exist on uh, Amazon, two of which are exclusive to my own publishing company, and they're available via the website authorjt.com if anybody here is interested. But the whole point of the matter is I told people that even when I published my very first book, every month ever since I first published that book up until now, that book, right, starting off with my first book and now, of course, incrementally more as it's compounded, the more books I write, you know, the, the basic math, the more more it works up to. But um, I made more money and I continue to make more money each and every month off of my book royalties than what my bills cost me, 
right now of course my books exist on amazon and off amazon for certain titles uh you can get it in in paperback hardback audiobook ebook so uh depending on what book you want you can get it however you want it right i got a children's book series uh that motivate and inspire children to learn uh life skills and then later entrepreneurial skills and then my adult books are primarily tailored towards um entrepreneurship right i got one seasonal book that's like a um a low content cookbook what i mean by that is that um you you buy the book and you just write in your family recipes and then it becomes like a family heirloom like you pass that to your daughter she passes it to your grandkids so on and so forth and that's just more of a fun project that i create but that book alone sells every single month as well right so so my book portfolio alone pays all of my overhead right just the passive income and that's because at one point in time I decided you know what I want to invest in creating this asset and I want to learn how can I market this book so that way with minimal effort from me how can I get it up and rolling right is there anything I can do to to try to run ads does Amazon let me run ads if they do how does that work how do I automate that how how much will that cost right if I can get to a point where I make more money Right. Then what it costs me to promote that book, I can essentially advertise that way for forever. Right. And it doesn't have to be Amazon ads. It could be the replay value of creating evergreen YouTube content. And as long as people watch those YouTube videos, they see that advertisement, they go uh, and watch that book. Right. Or buy that book download it, whatever it is, right? And these are just examples that I'm just giving you guys off the top of my head because I do understand not everybody wants to jump on the microphone and podcast or want to jump on camera and be YouTubers, Instagrammers, whatever it is, um, nor do you have to be to be successful, right? Now, I will encourage you to consider it, but it is not a prerequisite, right? I think that the easiest way, if you come from a low-income environment, to, to scale your way up to a better situation is by via social media. Why? Because it's free to start, right? You don't have to start with big fancy microphones and headphones and mixers and computers and cameras and lights and all of that, right? You could just start with what you have today and with consistency, you could build your way up to a point where you're creating a residual cash flow just off of the asset that you created starting from your phone. And then later on, if you wanted to increase the quality, you 100% can, can update it, right? So I really want you guys to, to really get that mindset of you're no longer going to pay out of your earned income for any of your financial responsibilities. You are now going to start figuring out what interests you and then take that interest and turn it into an asset. You can do it the free way or the fast way, depending on which way makes the most sense for you. All right. Now I want to talk to you guys briefly uh, that, that are here at the end about uh, the Foundations of Wealth Conference. That is the pinned comment that you see down below. All right. So the, the whole purpose here, the premise here for anybody that came into the room late is that you're going to leave this conference knowing in detail, depending on which route you want to go, we're going to cover the proven ways that people have built wealth. And this is not JT's opinion. This is not any other speaker's opinion. This is you can look back to however far back you want to look and you will find people that have accumulated wealth had at least one of the three. They either own land, right? We call real estate today. Uh, the stock market, 
right? Or they they had IP, intellectual property, that could be business or other manifestation of their ideas that they turn into tangible things that make them money, right? So you can look back in history and they'll have at least one of the three. Some of them may even have more than one of the three and they were able to build wealth that way, right? Um, but deeper than that, I want you to come there with an open mind saying, hey, listen, um, either I make great money or maybe you don't feel like you make great money, but you would be better off if you were in a financial situation where you didn't have to take your earned income every single month and pay your bills because that doesn't get you ahead, right? If I make $100 a month and then my light bill is $100 a month, it's very hard for me to get ahead in life, right? I'm making just enough money to keep the lights on, all right? But if I can make $100 a month and have a free or fast way pay my light bill each and every month, then next month I can make another $100. Now I got $200, right? At the end of the year, I got $1,200. Maybe $1,200 allows me to pay off my house a little bit quicker if I take that $1,200 a year and put it towards my mortgage. Or maybe it helps me pay off my car sooner or pay off my student loan debt or go on a little bit nicer vacation. Or maybe I do make an investment, uh, like JT said, and I try to go buy a house $4,000 or less or get paid just for trying, whatever it is, I, I think that I, most people out there, right, have the ability to become wealthy. They just don't understand the proper approach, all right? I never, ever worry about paying my bills, right? Full-time entrepreneur since 2014, there is never a month when I worry about, I hope I make enough money to keep the lights on, uh, to, to pay the water, to pay for private school for the kids, right? Um, and, and what I do with my money is that I'm constantly investing it into assets, all right? So I tell people all the time I'm a practitioner. Now, that doesn't mean that I do every business under the sun, which is why you'll see me bring in my friends and they'll talk about what they do and then I'll talk about what I do, right? But other than just coming on social media and creating my media company, I invest in real estate, all right? I invest in fine art, right? Uh, I'm in a discussion uh, now with a, a very dope young lady about creating my own lending company, uh, basically for investors that want to invest in real estate. They might have really great deals, but they might struggle to get funding, right? So they might be looking for a private money person or, or some entity that will create financing, right? So I'm actually learning about what are the laws and how can somebody legally create a financing company that's not a bank, right? So I don't want anybody to think that I'm making a bank because I'm not, right? But uh, a, a lending company, right? Like, like a mortgage lending company for investors that want to get into real estate, but they, they have really great deals, but, uh, but they don't have the money, right? Um, if you guys saw my reels, you guys know who Callie and Loki is, right? Two South African masters. Um, that's a business that um, I want to scale up and actually already have somebody in mind who uh, I'm going to put in charge of that business, right? We're going to do two South African masters, um, two Cane Corsos, and and uh, two Tibetan masters as well, right? So um, that's going to be in and of itself for anybody that's a dog lover out there. And, and my bias is I like big dogs, right? If you don't like big dogs, to each their own. But the thing is, though, is that let's say I work hard for the $8,000 that it costs to buy the, to buy the dog, right? Um, so I work hard and I buy uh, the dogs, right? When 
I raise the dogs and they have puppies, I can sell the puppies, right? That's probably the most obvious way. But let's be creative and think more entrepreneurial, right? Can I create digital products around the dogs because maybe the dogs only have one successful litter a year? All right, what I'm going to do to feed them the rest of the year? Well, what if I create a training guide and I start showing people, well, this is how you house train a dog, right? This is how you, you uh, other than potty train them, teach them how to sit, lay down, right? If you want a well-behaved big dog, right? Or what if you want a guard dog, all right? Can I partner with some of my friends that are used to uh, do this professionally for the police department years ago and say, hey, let's collaborate, right? How in the world do you train a guard dog? Because I don't know. I can teach a dog how to sit down and lay down and stay, but I don't know how to teach a guard dog like it's a police dog and partner with them. And maybe somebody that owns, you know, a lot of acreage would like to have dogs that are more protective and are trained to protect their property because they got cattle or whatever it is that they want to do, right? Or what's hot right now is hemp farming. So uh, I know some people that have already told me, hey, listen, hey, once you start um, selling puppies, right? I like how big your dog is. Uh, man, I'm gonna get some and put it on my hemp farm, right? Um, and, and again, uh, not saying that you have to do these ideas, but I like to throw ideas out there because I never know if it will inspire you to think of something else, right? You don't have to do what JT does to make a lot of money, all right? And I think that that's fairly obvious, but I still want you to hear it from me, right? You don't have to do what I do to make a lot of money. Every industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, all right? So if you come to the Foundations of Wealth Conference, right, uh, assuming that the in-person tickets don't sell out, um, and to be fully transparent with you, it is impossible for everybody that wants to come to be able to come just because we're restricted by the the size of the venue, right? So uh, me having over 100,000 followers on Instagram, and we're quickly approaching 300,000 on YouTube, and uh, my, my partner, Sawine, quickly approaching 100,000 on his Instagram, and then my, my partner, Trav, with over 150,000 as well, and and Chris that has uh, quickly approaching uh, his first 20,000, and then later after that, we're on track to get his first 100,000, right? So um, granted, not everybody that follows all of us is gonna want to come but the the point here is that it will be impossible if everybody that wanted to come actually could come due to the the restrictions of, of the venue so um if you come to the in-person event i would love to see you there but if you can't that's why we have virtual tickets as well so i'm going to primarily talk about um, the the free ways, right? The free ways you can leverage your IP into cash so that way you don't have to use your cash to pay your bills. So Juan is going to be there. He's going to talk about the free ways that you can do the real estate plays. Um, then I'm going to have Kirk there because you might have the question of, uh, I want to do it the fast way, but I don't have any money. So Kirk is going to be there. He is going to break down uh, personal credit and business credit. How do you get it? How do you better it? How do you improve it? How do you establish it, right? Whatever your questions are um he's just going to be all things credit right um travis is going to be there for the inexpensive as well as the free ways that you can create a six-figure business by partnering with established retailers right um we'll we'll also have someone for those of you that don't want to just know the freeway you want to know the fast way to real estate as well um without breaking the bank we'll have him talk about that as well for anybody uh that's interested in that right i'm bringing on mr mike sneed because um, a lot of people want to scale a business by hiring people and using software, but you never did it before. So uh, he's going to come in and he's going to teach you how do you manage your money? 
How do you hire people? How do you set up that man or woman to be in a position where they not hired today and fired at the end of the month because you don't know how to manage your money good enough to hire people, right? So he's going to really break down and facilitate how that works, right? Um, and then for the VIPs that decide to come, right, um, we're going to take that, that small group of men and women. We're going to go out on the boats, and Sheena is going to do a private class only for our VIPs about becoming a government contractor, right? So these government contractors have already made millions and are on their way to building a $100 million portfolio. And, and this is not a secret. I think that there's enough content on social media and there's enough receipts of government contractors showing you when they win $100,000 contracts, a $1 million contracts, like it's nothing, right? But she's going to come uh, specifically for the VIPs and she's going to do a private class teaching you how do you get a government contract for six, seven plus figures. And um, the reason why that's valuable is one, most people don't know how to do it. Two, I think that it is a certain peace of mind that you can get whether you are aspiring, new, or seasoned entrepreneur if you get some of that guaranteed money, right? Because the dope thing about a government contract is understanding that, hey, look, if, if I win the bid, or and you don't always have the bid to to get a contract, but that's the most common way that people know about it. So just for example, let's say that, hey, listen, uh, I won the bid and this is what I agreed to do, right? If you do what you're supposed to do, then you're going to get paid X amount of money, right? Whatever amount of money you agreed upon, right? And, and I think that that gives people a certain peace of mind, all right? The location of the conference for those that want to come in person is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's an international airport there. So I know I have a lot of international followers that always ask me, can they come to something? So that's why we picked there. I'm, from, I'm in the Carolinas. Um, so we're going to do it in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it's going to be the first weekend in June. If you're a VIP, it's going to be June 1st through the 3rd. If you choose not to be a VIP, that's fine. It's June 2nd and the 3rd, right? Um, if you come virtually, it's going to be uh, June 2nd and the 3rd as well for those that get the virtual tickets, right? Um, so you only got to worry about getting the uh, getting the live tickets if you tap in and want to be a VIP. But this event is going to be super valuable. It is going to really be the the place that you go. And, and I'm telling you guys, the same kind of energy that I'm bringing to these live streams, to these YouTube videos, I'm going to have it at the conference because I don't want you, let, let's be real, I don't want you to just pay your money for the conference and come and laugh and eat because we catering all the days and then you go back home and you don't do nothing. Right. So so just being fully transparent, um, not everybody that wants to come is going to be able to come. And I only want the people to come that are serious about, hey, listen, I'm not coming here just to go on vacation. Right. Uh Hawaii, Jamaica, there's way nicer places than Charlotte. Charlotte is cool, but let's be honest, there's way nicer places if you just want to go on vacation, right? So so this event is actually for men and women that are saying, hey, look, I, I'm seriously coming here. I will love the network and have these opportunities, but I want to take action, all right? I'm tired of paying my bills with my earned income, and I, it has to be a better way. So I'm going to put you around people that will say, hey, listen, these are the assets that I have that pay my bills each and every month. And of course, that's just the bare minimum, right? Because you can make way more than what your bills are. Like I said um, previously, right, uh, in, in a whole lot of different correspondence, that um, it's people making six figures a, a month, right? It's people making five figures a month. 
All right. Now, if your your bills is five and six figures a month, then man, you living like a rapper, right? But for the average person, uh, making five to six figures a month, um, is is a is a pretty decent life, if not a great life, no matter where you're living, no matter where you're located, right? So if you want to come out again, it is the Foundations of Wealth Conference. Tickets are on sale now. If you use the discount code Wealthy Gift, right? All one word, Wealthy Gift. All right, it's going to save you a little money on it. Ticket prices go up every single month, and I'm fully transparent about that because, like I told you guys, like we're only dealing with people that are that are super uh, serious, right? Um, will there be a conference hotel block? Um, I'm not sure what that is, right? A conference hotel block? Um, how much is the conference I want to attend? Uh, hungry to gain knowledge, right? So the the um, virtual tickets start at 497 uh, the in-person tickets start at fourteen ninety-seven, right? Um, and they go up from there, depending on if you want to be a VIP and all of that good stuff, right? So, um, like I said, you know, I tell people all the time that um, by the grace of God, if I never sell anything to anybody. Um, I can still make six figures plus just off of my investments. So uh, not bragging or boasting, but what I tell people is that, you know, like come to my lives, come to my events, be selfish, right? Only come if you're going to better yourself, right? Um, because I think ultimately that's a greater ROI for you and that's a greater ROI for me, all right? So, um, hey, until next time, man, I appreciate y'all tapping in. Again, the thefoundationsofwealthconference.com uh, is the name of it. You can click the link in my bio or you can look at the pinned comment and you can take advantage of it, right? So it's going down in June, right? It's coming down in, it's going down in June. Uh, but if you wait till June, there's probably not going to be any seats remaining and you could grab the virtual tickets, right? Um, so, hey, Y'all take care. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Again, this has been uh, the Income Autopilot Podcast, the show that teaches you to quit working and enjoy life and have money work for you. I look forward to seeing you at the next Foundations of Wealth Conference if you don't make it to this one, uh, because what we're going to do is keep this as a uh, ongoing thing. So the website will always have the most up-to-date information. In the show notes, you'll find the link. Uh, to the next conference and a hey, take action. I can't say that enough. Take action. All right. God created you for a purpose. All right. With all due respect, all of our parents could have did what they did and nothing could have happened. All right. But they did what they did. And now you here. And that wasn't by accident. All right. So, so your job is to find your purpose, walk in that purpose. And I think your purpose is greater than just, uh, working all day to pay the bills and raise these kids, right? All right, you might love your life, you might love them kids, uh, but your greater purpose is what you're called to do. Um, tune in, subscribe, share with 10 friends. I'll see you all in the next episode.